stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, did you get a flu shot this year? Well, why not? Uh, I did, although admittedly I didn't last year. I mean, it's look, they make it pretty darn easy, folks, to get a flu shot. You walk into any pharmacy, even just make an appointment with your doctor, go in, get poked, boom, you're done. That's it. And to me, I look at what's the downside? Why not get one? It's an added layer of protection. People say, hey, you know, Rob, just uh, vitamin D or uh, wash your hands or stand on your head. Whatever you do that you think helps prevent the flu, fine, do those things too. And get a flu shot. So I don't understand the, the reluctance. Now, people are kind of cynical about the flu shot because it's obviously not as effective as we'd like it to be. In fact, there was a report published in the New England, England Journal of Medicine suggesting this year's vaccine may only be about 10% effective. So maybe to a lot of people, it's like, well, what's the point then? Sure. And I mean, in a perfect world, we would have a universal flu vaccine. It would be a lot better than what we have now, but at least we still have something. So what keeps people from getting a flu shot? Or to put it another way, what are the reasons for getting one and to get one each and every year? Now, joining us uh, for some thoughts, very pleased to welcome to the program, Tara Haley, is a science journalist, co-author of The Informed Parent, a science-based resource for your child's first four years, a contributor at Forbes, and wrote a piece for The New York Times, as a matter of fact, so on this very question. Tara, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so, look, I mean, I'm sure you hear it all the time, and, you know, I mentioned the, the story about this year's uh, vaccine and its effectiveness. It, it's pretty easy for people to get cynical about the idea of getting their flu shot. How do we counter that? It is. Well, first of all, I always want to be on, honest and upfront with people about the flu vaccine is lousy. <laughs> we <Yeah. laughs> wish we had about, you know, public health officials wish we had it. They'll secretly say to themselves behind closed doors, God damn, this is early frustrating um you know vaccine it doesn't Mm -hmm. uh doesn't protect us as much as we want but what it does do is reduce hospitalizations and deaths and that's what you really want to focus on i get the flu shot every year i got mine in early november and i didn't get it because i wanted to avoid getting the flu that would be nice but that's not why i got it i got it so that if i get the flu i don't end up in the hospital or i don't leave my children motherless because even young healthy adults like me can actually die and have die, they, they die every year. So I tell people to reframe the question, not as are you preventing the flu, but are you preventing the worst the flu can do to you? And, and that puts it in a different frame of mind, I think. Well, yeah, and maybe people don't look at it that way. Maybe people look at it as I, I don't want to get the flu, so I'm going to get a flu shot so I don't get the flu, and I did anyway, so therefore the flu shot sucks. Yeah, but they don't realize how many, we literally have tens of thousands of people who die every year from the flu in North America. And if you extend that out to the world, it's hundreds of thousands because people don't realize that the flu itself isn't the problem. It's what complications can occur. And the flu can very often turn into pneumonia or bronchitis, and it's the pneumonia that's going to kill you. I can't tell you how many families I've spoken to who didn't realize how bad it was until the flu hit their home. I, I've actually spoken with a family in Dallas who they have three kids and their youngest. This was a number of years ago. She was three years old. She was completely healthy. She was up to date on all her vaccinations, but she hadn't had the flu shot. 
She came down with the flu. She seemed to be okay, but just kind of, you know, sick on Friday. And she was dead on Monday wow. before they could even get her to the hospital. And, and that, I mean, does it happen a lot? No, it's not common to die of the flu when you're young and healthy, but it happens. So why not take the best precaution out there to really reduce that risk? Well, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question, too, because I, I think there are those who, who worry about risk, even small risk, but they worry about the vaccine, that what if I get some kind right. of reaction to the vaccine? What if it makes me sick? Even if it's a small chance, better not take the chance in the first place. Well, one thing that's good to know is that with the flu vaccine is an inactivated virus, which means they've the, the virus is sort of beaten up and torn to shreds inside the vaccine, and it can't cause illness. It can only cause illness if it's able to make, you know, to reproduce inside of you, to replicate. And uh, an inactivated virus can't do that. It's kind of like a dead virus if viruses were alive. Right. But it can't do that, so it can't make you sick. But what it can do, and I think this is what people talk about when they say, oh, the flu vaccine made me sick, is when you get a vaccine, the purpose of the vaccine is to rev up your immune system, to get your immune system on guard and say, okay, build those antibodies so we can be ready to fight the enemy. And when your immune system revs up, a lot of the things we associate with illness, like a fever or feeling kind of crummy or a headache, those are actually symptoms of the immune system ramping up. The immune system is diverting energy from other parts of the body so that it can you know, heat up the body with a fever and make those antibodies. That's where people feel like they're getting sick. They're not getting sick. They're just experiencing the symptoms of their immune system revving up to do what it was born to do. Right. And having an improved immune response then as a result of the vaccine, as, as you alluded to then, even if it doesn't necessarily prevent you from getting the virus, what about the impact it has on how your body responds to the virus? What it does, you're, you're basically having your body make a lot of antibodies. Those are the little proteins that actually are specially designed to fight a specific pathogen, a specific virus. You're teaching your body that that's what they should look for. What makes the flu really tricky is that the flu is really good at changing how it looks. So the immune system is not always very good at finding the exact strain that has gotten into you. It could be the strain that's circulating and you could have been vaccinated against it because it's mutated since you got the vaccine. But those antibodies still recognize pieces of it. So maybe not all of the antibodies go after all those viruses, but half of them do, because half of them recognize one part of the virus. That means that your response is still better than it would have been if you hadn't had the vaccine at all. You're still getting a response. Maybe it's not as strong as it would have been, but it's strong enough to keep you out of the hospital. And so even this year, when people see stories that it's only 10% effective, I mean, it, it sounds like pretty lousy odds, but to, how do we put that number into context? Well, in terms of people, that means that if you had 100,000 people, 1,000 of them still aren't going to get the flu. That's referring to how many people don't get the flu. But we can't put that easily into perspective for hospitalizations and deaths until toward the end of the season. What we do know is that tens of thousands of deaths are prevented every year from the flu vaccine, especially among the elderly. They're the most at risk, as well as children who have immune compromised uh, systems and, and aren't either aren't able to get the flu virus or they can get it, but it's not very effective. And that's actually those are some of the reasons I get the flu vaccine. I get it for my kids because I don't want to get my kids sick or to get my kids friends sick or to get, you know, the elderly woman who followed me in the grocery store after I was in the aisle to get sick. So that's one reason that I get it. 
But the actual numbers on hospitalizations and deaths, you can't really get them until you, you know, they do the complicated math that I don't know how to do at the end of the season and estimate it. And those 10% estimates that we have right now are based on Australia's performance. We're Mm -hmm. looking at what's happening in Australia and New Zealand. And the flu virus, even though it's the same strains that we're seeing here, they could have mutated slightly in a way that's helpful to us. We don't really know yet because we're not in the thick of the season yet. The peak of flu season is usually in January, February. And maybe we'll get lucky and it's a little better than it was in Australia. But even if it wasn't, we're going to see fewer people in the hospital if they got the flu shot. So it's still time to get a flu shot. It is never too late to get a flu shot. In fact, I've been writing about the flu for almost a decade now, and I learned something this year. It's not too late to get the flu shot if you've even had the flu. If you have the flu and you recover, it's still worth getting the flu shot because it could protect you against the other strains that you could still catch. So it's never too late to get the flu shot. It might be Valentine's Day, but that's right in the thick of the season. If you haven't gotten it yet and you find a place that's there, and maybe you find out your neighbor has flu and it kind of brings it home to you, go get the flu shot. Now, and I think you've already kind of answered this because it's also about other people and not just you. But, you know, I've got a few people texting, and, and I hear this a lot when the issue comes up. People say, look, I never get the flu. I've never had the flu, and I never get a flu shot, so why should I start now? And I would say, do you wear your seatbelt when you're in the car, even though you haven't been in an accident? Right. There's, you know, anything, your past behavior is your past behavior, and all that means is if you went to Vegas, you were lucky. It doesn't mean you're going to be lucky next time you go to Vegas. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. So your past behavior and your past experiences don't predict your future experiences. If I flip a coin five times and it's always heads, does that mean it's going to be more likely to be heads or tails the next time? No, it's still 50%. So when you don't get the shot, you're doing the same thing as driving without a seatbelt, even though you've never been in an accident. And sure, you're a safe driver. You follow the speed limit. You look both ways. You're conscientious, you're defensive in your driving. That doesn't guarantee a drunk driver's not going to hit you one day. And you want your seatbelt on when that happens. Right. Not just because you rarely ever or never get the flu doesn't mean you are immune to it. If, if, if I have the exactly. flu and I go and cough in your face, right. you're probably going to get it. And in fact, if you've never had the flu, I would say it's even more important for you to get the flu shot because that means that you haven't had any antibodies built up against past flus. A uh, really interesting thing that happened in 2009 when the H1N1 was frightening uh, different scientists because it was the potential for a new pandemic. Young adults were hit much worse than the elderly. There were more young adults in percentages going to the emergency room than there were elderly people. And it's thinking, well, that's bizarre. That's not what usually happens. Well, the reason is that part of that particular H1N1 virus was really similar to the 1918 Spanish flu that then kind of circulated until 1957. So anyone who was born before 1957 and had the flu had a little bit of protective immunity against the the 2009 H1N1. And so all of your elderly people who are normally more at risk actually were more protected because they had had the flu before. So if you're the kind of person who's never had the flu, that's all the more reason to give your immune system something to work with because that means if you get the flu, it's a totally new pathogen and your body's going to be thrown into chaos. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's, you know, it's like I said at the outset that why not get it? Even if you do all of these other things that minimize your risk or reduce your risk or, and yeah, maybe if you, you rarely ever get it, what's the downside to getting the flu shot? It's, it's hard to see well, there where are, there's a downside. 
there are risks to the flu shot. There's risks to any vaccine. There's risks to anything you do in life. If you have a history of Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a nerve disorder, then you should not get the flu shot because there have been past reports where the flu shot is linked to Guillain-Barre and you don't want that nerve disorder. It's worth noting that the flu itself is more likely to give you Guillain-Barre than the flu shot. But if you have a history, then you are one of the people that is protected by everyone around you getting a flu shot. Um, there's certain people who might be taking immune-suppressing medications where they could get the shot, but it's not going to be effective, or it, it might put their uh, system into overload. So there are contraindications, and people should always check with their doctor or the CDC website or the, the Canada's public health websites to make sure that they don't fall into one of those categories. Beyond those risks, there really aren't any others that you, you hear a lot of myths about the flu vaccine. Um, you know, it's going to make you walk backwards. It's going to you know, make you sick. It's, it's, I, I can give you a long list of different myths. And all of those have actually been closely examined by scientists all throughout the world, not just the ones in North America, um, and found to be baseless. They, there's not evidence to support them. But people do need to know that anything you put in your body carries a risk. It's tiny. Just make sure you're not in one of those groups. And then if you're not in one of those groups, which very few people are, then there's really not a good reason not to get it. Uh, and in the meantime, and you know, we, we keep going through this conversation about why can't we get a better vaccine? Or why can't we get a, a universal vaccine? And we try to predict each year what the strain's going to be. There's a short turnaround time and getting vaccines churned out. Are, are, we, are we doomed to just keep repeating that? Hopefully not. Science has come a long way. One of the reasons we have so many more vaccines now is that we keep getting better at making them. But the flu is... It's, I have mad respect for the flu as a virus. It's pretty uniquely evolved to be really good at getting us sick and keep getting us sick. Um, it's a virus. Its goal is to replicate, and it will do whatever it takes to replicate any way it can. And it happens to replicate so quickly that it makes lots, lots of mistakes. Those mistakes are mutations. And when it mutates past the point where our immune system can recognize it, then it's, we're susceptible to it again. So in order to have a universal vaccine, we would need to have a vaccine that teaches the immune system to recognize parts of the flu virus that never change. And there are parts that never change. They're just not the parts that our immune system usually looks at. It's kind of like someone changes their shoes, but their coat's the same. Well, if we can make them always respond to the shoes, great. That's a universal flu vaccine. But for now, our immune system's focused on that coat. So we really need to... What scientists are trying to do is there, there is one part in particular of the flu virus. It's the stalk that holds two proteins. They're trying to make a flu vaccine that encourages the body's immune system to recognize that stalk. But it's hard to do because the body doesn't naturally do that. And it, it takes a lot of science. So I, I do have faith we'll get there. But until then, we're kind of stuck playing catch up and, and always trying to catch up with this. Yeah. Very clever, you know, changing, mutating virus that's just really well equipped to uh, outsmart our bodies. Well, Jerry, you certainly highlighted some interesting points. Uh, appreciate you making some time for us here today. Thanks for this. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Tara Haley is a science journalist, a co-author of the book The Informed Parent, a science-based resource for your child's first four years. Uh, wrote this week uh, for The New York Times on the importance of getting the flu shot. So she said it's not perfect, but it's better than nothing. So I'm curious, what, if you don't, why don't you get a flu shot? Is it opposition to the flu shot? Is it just, it's low on your list of priorities? It's inconvenient? What is it? I'm really curious to know. 403-974-TALK. We're back after this.
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.